If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show on a libations Friday. It's great to be with you. Lucy Goosey edition of the uh, program as we're wont to do on a libations friday appreciate you joining us hope you're well guys all right hanging in there all right it's the weekend feel good it's okay it's gonna be all right i'm jeff there's tom director matthew in the house we're all together band back together here in the studio that's a good thing at jay cameron showed twitter football reaction to yesterday's practice i was there again Yesterday and um, can't get those guys in pads soon enough. That is uh, where I'm at. Let's get to the pads. And I would like it if Coach Norvell would, and 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 Coach, if you're listening, just text me. Just text me. Let me know when you're going to have an inordinate amount of special teams practice. Just give a brother a heads up. I'll come later. I don't. I don't need to be there for all that. I, uh, you know, that's great. I know you got to work on it. It's a, you know, as they say, offense, defense, special teams. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, just call me when you're going to be doing a whole lot of offense, defense. There we go. I don't need to see the techniques of special teams. Yeah, you walk away from a special team segment faster than most people do. Uh, Times Square when people are handing out pamphlets. Yeah, that's you. Like I'm, I'll be back. How long is this going for? All right, I'll be back in 15 minutes, guys. Yeah, I don't have, Well, look, here's the deal. I do watch when there are opportunities to catch punts. I'm watching that like a hawk. I'm locked in on the punt catching, Tom. If you're going to be punting and catching, I'm watching that. But kickoffs in the indoor practice facility, no, man. No, I'm not doing that. And I don't need to see Coach Papuchas breaking down the you know the the, the lanes and the st- I, no 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 I'm good I'm good I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that uh, these guys will figure that out this year if they don't then he'll have to get fired uh, it, that's a pretty straightforward situation reassigned you know <laughs> well, reassigned right, right. because he he does well in the recruiting trail and he's fine for the DNs but just you take that title away give oh him a, i would have probably already taken the title away after last year yeah you name him associate head coach so it's a lateral little switcherooski well he's doing he's one of the few guys that you'd say who is pulling their weight on the trail like of course it's atkins atkins and atkins on the medal stand odell doing a really good job as always mm-hmm. papuchas beyond that so if you've only got a few dudes that you think are doing okay on the trail you keep them the weird thing is, why don't we get into that for a second? I have a sense that there is um, 
some some frustrations uh, with you know, and that's going to be an omnipresent thing with recruiting until they start winning games. You're just gonna never really know for sure if if you've got a kid, especially at a high profile position. If they're if Florida State is competing now, there we we have seen some successes even within the realm of competing against the upper crust, uh, which is somewhat surprising. I guess that's the one thing. If you're looking for a nugget of hope, uh, where would you find it? Well, in that they've been able to get this many people to come visit this weekend in the end of July is kind of a minor miracle given that they haven't had a winning record in some time. Yeah, 41 by last night's count. That's what Michael had it at. So that's a lot, man. That's a lot. And some big names there. And they're going to get some yeses. Um, and, and you know, I, I get that uh, if you're not seeing a quarterback, you go, well, what's going on there? You and I talked off the air earlier today. And I think this is important to point out because I agree with you. Uh, it's not as dire as it would be ordinarily because of the transfer portal and because of what goes on now, um, the math the kids do. It just sucks that Ohio State decided to take an interest in the quarterback that we wanted because Ohio State doesn't miss on quarterbacks. And I can't blame that kid. Like if you're a if you're a quarterback and Florida State offers you, and I'm biased, I mean, of course I who Florida State offered. But Ohio State, you know, kind of not messing around a quarterback over the last long period of years, and uh they're just churning them out. And so when that happens, you kind of go, well, you're you're not going to get that kid. I know that we're all tired of Alabama. We're all tired of Clemson. I'm especially tired of Ohio State. They are the program that is more annoying than any program in America to me because they're like they're like the Packers with Favre and Rodgers. They've thirty years of Of really good quarterback quarterback play. play. Ohio State's been good since before I was in college. It hasn't stopped. Think about it. Everybody's had a lull. Alabama was a late arriver. They've been really good for 15 consecutive years, elite for 15 years. I mean, it's borderline Florida State from 88 to 2000. Well, it's it's, but it's not because but it's not. nobody's done that. Correct. Yes, and if Florida State had a 14 playoff in that span, how many titles would we have? Oh, yeah. A lot more than just the, more. the three that we stand at as a program right now, and two in that stretch. Ohio State, my God. I mean, Trestle gets in trouble. He gets fired. They go get Urban. They hand it off, and apparently Day is awesome. I mean. Christmas, man. It's crazy. They came out of nowhere. They were getting smoked by Michigan every year in the 90s. Yeah, and then, then that stopped. <laughs> and just it never turned around. <laughs> that stopped abruptly, sir. I know Michigan made the playoff last year, but like that's – so when you're – what are the outliers? In Michigan, Ohio State, tit for tat. It's like you know, last year, that's it? We do the thing, you and I do, where the every now and then our age difference comes into play. Maybe I don't feel that that you do because – I always thought of Ohio State as perpetually overrated because of John Cooper's career. And Cooper became the head coach after Earl Bruce, who also never lit the world on fire. A bunch of three-loss seasons almost every year. In fact, I just pulled it up right now. Earl Bruce, starting in 1980, he started in 79. But anyway, we'll start in the modern era. I'll call it 1980 on. 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3. How about my memory? 9-3, 9 That's what they did. Every year they lost three games. And then finally, they told Earl, "Look, man, this nine and three ain't it." And he went six four and one. They went, "You're out. That's it." <laughs> so they hired John Cooper, who went four six and one, his first year. And then so Tom, to to the point, here you go, buddy. Here's John Cooper, who talked a ton of smack 
before getting pounded by us in the Sugar Bowl. Um, he was he was certain that they were going to beat Florida State. That didn't happen. But here's Cooper from '88 to 2000. Four six and one, eight and four, seven four and one, eight and four, eight three and one. Hey, sprinkle in a nice little ten one and one, nine and four, eleven and two, eleven and one, ten and three, eleven and one, six and six, eight and four. So you know that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons in which they lose four or more games. So I never looked at them the way that you're looking at them because. In my developmental years, high school on into when I went off to college, people would talk about Ohio State like they were this thing. And I'm like, man, I didn't see Woody Hayes other than when he was on the sideline punching a Clemson player and losing his mind and getting fired. I didn't see, like, so to me, Ohio State spent 30, 25 years of just being whatever. Now, for you, Jim Trestle, even Trestle, that's seven and five, big year. 2002, we know what happened there. 14 and 0, and and ever since, and ever since, and if you combine it with Cooper, because three of the last five years for Cooper were good record-wise, so for more than 60 percent of my years on this earth, you know, probably 75 to 80 percent when I was a sports fan and I really could know things and, and read the sports page and mm-hmm. understand what I'm looking at, they've always been a 10-win team. It's well, okay. unbelievable. Yeah. So in the Big Ten, like them in Michigan, you, you would say to yourself, yeah, that, that they're going to be good. Michigan hasn't been good in a long time other than last year. Right. It's been, it's been a minute. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, you're right. Trestle did a good oh, job. I'm so sick it of Ohio It was more State. annoying with Urban Meyer. 12-0, and 12-2, 14-1, and 12-1, 11-2, 12-2, 13-1. Those were impressive seasons. That, that son of a bitch, that guy – uh, it, he's the worst of the worst in, as human beings go, right. and was also authoring fourteen and thirteen win seasons. But we were only getting to know Urban Meyer in the beginning uh, when Jim Tressel had five or six years established of just kicking ass. And again, yes, they would get to the playoff; they'd take a spot in the BCS title game and get waxed, and you're just you'd hate them for it. Like this is a wasted spot; they're not going to do anything. But that dude was the vest, the smug smarmy, mm. superior vest. And Who got like, the Ugh. shaft in retrospect? Indeed he did. <laughs> he got the Indeed shaft. He did. For I mean, tattoos oh, and books. Oh, it was nothing. It was nothing. That guy's got to be looking around like, seriously? That's the way I feel all the time when I think about tainted title and the stupid-ass Sports Illustrated cover. Like, really? You guys are worried about a hookup? Like, uh, uh, some shirts and things? They are. Uh, really? This is what we're doing around here? Come on, man. Um... Yeah, just frustration uh, when you look at what was considered to be scathing and slanderous back in the day compared to to what goes on in the world of college football now. Uh, Ryan Day is eminently more likable, by the way, and he's a good coach, unfortunately. I would like, man, you can't just keep it going. Right, they couldn't have let Urban implode Ohio State the way he did Florida. You know, they got out just in time. Yeah. Like, that's what I was hoping. When he got hired, all right. They're going to burn twice as hot, this bulb that is Ohio State, but then finally we're going to see them lose seven or eight games in a season. It never happened. Damn it. All right, so let's let's talk about our team here and some a couple of things to clean up from yesterday's show. And I, by clean up, I, I want to clarify some things. And I get it now when I, when I look back and people emailed me and tweeted me and a couple of friends texted me. So one thing I said yesterday – I might have said it the other day when you were here. I, I don't remember, but I said something to the extent of uh, Micah Pittman is going to be a star. I don't mean in college football. I don't mean Micah Pittman's a star in college football, as in 
that guy is going to be on the on the lips of college football analysts across right. the country. Call finalists. No, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. Within this receiving core, he is a star. He is the the guy that from spring to where we are now has continued to show the repeated ability to get open time and again, and when not open, make really tough catches. So he's a guy that I think I think he's a rising star within our receiving core. Um, so that's that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and then that's funny, Swiss Irish. I hope everybody has an idea that. Yeah, that, that's a reference to yesterday's show. Otherwise, that would seem cruel. <laughs> uh, I'm not easily offended. Nothing bothers me really too much, so I'm not worried about it. But anyhow. Ohio State's still good. I'm offended. <laughs> um, so, okay. he, Michael Pittman is a star within this receiving court, which is not – I guess that's not overly complimentary because this is not a great receiving court. But I, I like Micah. Now, so th- just just so you know, I don't think he's an elite receiver in the country. I just think he's a good player for us. Uh, the hope in my voice that you heard yesterday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a tech, text. Mutual friend of ours this morning was catching back up on the show. And, uh, and he said to me, uh, here's the, it made me laugh. He goes, uh, he was asking if I wanted to go for beers this weekend, right? Imagine that. Somebody's asking if I want to go have a few beers well, with them. What did you say? Uh, yes. yes oh. I'd be happy to have a few beers. There you go. So uh, he said, I heard real hope in your voice yesterday for the first time in years. Did you deduce that in my voice yesterday when I talked about this? Yeah, thing? well, I, I think also sometimes the audience for the show is not the same as for all War Chant TV offerings. And it should be. Subscribe to the channel, damn it. Mm-hmm. But the day before after practice... You know, it was uh, Wednesday afternoon. There was hope in your voice then. So it didn't surprise me in yesterday's show from 1 to 3 that that you had said hope because you were pumped about the offensive line walking out of practice number one, saying, okay, we've got numbers, not just in terms of body weights Mm -hmm. and reach and those kinds of numbers. We physically have enough dudes to conduct a practice around here. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, um, Okay, so that's right. There is real hope in my voice. The hope is that they're equipped to compete, you know, against some of the better defensive lines that they're going to face. They finally have an offensive line that allows them to compete at the level that Florida State should always compete at and that we've been clamoring to get to for some time. Like, I've been tired of having, and I described it as such, that I'm tired of having to twist myself in knots to explain a way or a possibility for a team to win seven, eight games. I'm tired of having to find all of the silver linings every day. Well, if this works out and then that, that kind of thing, right? This is the first camp in a long time where I think that the margin for error has grown. They, they, can, they don't have to be perfect in everything that they do to overcome all of the shortcomings that they've possessed in previous seasons. Like, they have a little bit more margin for error, both from a depth standpoint and a talent standpoint. They're not devoid of talent. Now, they're not stock full of it either. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a team that is anywhere near a playoff-caliber football team. They're not anywhere close to that. And when you are that, when you are Georgia or Alabama, whomever, Ohio State aforementioned, and you attend those practices, 
it's reminiscent of when we attended practices in 2013, 2014, where you go, Jesus, they've got an abundance of riches around here. I mean, if that guy doesn't pan out, that dude's really good. That guy right there could start tomorrow. If it wasn't for that guy, who's going to play in the NFL. You know, that like that. that's when you know you're loaded, when you are able to stockpile the kind of talent that would start anywhere else in the country but has to wait their turn behind the two NFL linemen in front of them, right? Like that kind of thing. We're not even close to that. Not even close. But we are finally at a place where we have enough talent that the margin for error is much greater. Now, there are still areas on this football team that are going to be the reason that we can only hope to be 8-4. and four. Or nine and three, best case scenario, right? I mean, like if you're still projecting three and four losses on a season, then you're you're admitting through that that a obviously you're playing a challenging schedule, but b that there are shortcomings, that there are areas that you're not in love with, just almost by definition. If I say somebody's going to lose four or five times in a year, I don't think they're great. I just think that they're decent, and I think that's true. I, I think for us, for me, I'm going to tell you time and again until I see something to change my mind, and maybe I will. I mean, hope springs eternal this time of year. It's a hopeful time of year. Practice just began. We, we're not even in pads yet. Maybe I'll get there. But I'm going to need to see another couple of guys in the receiving core step up. I, I think they're weak at wide receiver. I think they're weak. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that's not an area that, they're, that they have a lot of difference makers. They've got some guys that are uh, serviceable, some others that are slightly above average, but they don't have any – you're not going to sit back and be like, oh, man, that guy can change a game. They really don't have any game changers at wide receiver. But they're in an infinitely better place than they were last year at receiver. Last year, last year they didn't have guys who could get open, period. They don't have a lot of guys that can get open now. Um, they have some guys that are better. I, I okay, Both things can be true. You're right. They're better than they were last year at wide receiver. That is correct. I agree with you. They don't have a lot of difference makers there, though. That's how bad they were last year. They were... I mean, if you remember last year... You know who could be a good receiver for you, though? Time in the pocket. That's going to help. That's true. And And he'll have have more of it. More of it. He'll have more of it. It won't be in abundance. Yeah, he'll have more of it. That is correct. You give these guys a greater opportunity and more time, quite literally, more time to get open. That is true. And it's possible. Listen, Kentron Portier, uh, Portier had a good day yesterday. He played well. He practiced well. Played well. I don't know. Is he? Is that a sign that he's on the verge of kind of breaking out and figuring it out, having the light bulb go off? Maybe. Now, he's not going to suddenly run a 4-2, but he is still a guy. Right. That, he's technical, though. Yeah, he's, he's, he's technically sound. Right. So, you know, that, that's good. I mean, it, maybe, maybe you have a, a, another guy that when you put in the game can make some plays. He's dependable. Maybe. We'll see. I'm not willing to declare that just yet. He had a good practice yesterday. We'll see how he does with pads come on. He had a pretty good spring, too, mainly with Tate, but he had a pretty good spring. Uh, I think Mike, Michael Pittman's going to straight up make plays, period. He had a rough day yesterday with the drops. It was really hard on himself. Love the competitor that he is, though. He is. He cares deeply. He cares very, very deeply. Uh, Johnny Wilson made two contested catches yesterday that caught my eye because I've been critical of his ability to catch the football. So if my man's going to make those kinds of catches and utilize what he has, which is a 6'7 body and a a catch radius uh, that should serve you well in any contested matchup, anytime you're both going up for the football, he's not going to run away from people, so he's going to have to make contested catches. So good, good. I mean, he did that yesterday. Uh, He made one. Against Duke Cooper, and he made one against Zaria Thomas. Both those guys can play. So 
It'll be fun to see when the pads come on, too, if that continues or not. There were some times in spring, and you just you weren't there. But uh, there were some times in spring where, where it happened. You know, down the middle, I remember a deep post from Travis and a couple other throws that were, you know, little ends at 8 to 10 yards, but it was about separation and using your body to do that, and I saw some signs. So I'll be interested to see because the defensive backs, Jamie Robinson, chief among them, were raving about PRPs. That's great and all. That's like we're, what we're watching now. Yeah. It's just they weren't, aren't wearing helmets either. But you put the pads on. If he chooses, it was like Kelvin Benjamin in the second quarter of the 2013 Florida game. Oh, wait a minute. I can use this ability I have because they're not going to throw flags on every play? I can separate with my strength? If that ever arrives between his ears, then you've got something there. I'll comment on something Mike Norvell said yesterday that stood out to me, and uh, when he said it, I just found myself nodding. I, I agreed with it. It's a positive aspect, um, and, and it's something to – to be excited about uh, early on in practice, most things are going to be positive. There hasn't been enough uh, a practices reps, no reps with pads on for us to be negative about. Uh, you know, I, I I'll tell you when I see something negative. I just said it. Micah Pittman dropped the ball twice yesterday, three times really, actually, and and that's not good. But he has he's never had that problem before. It's just a bad day at the. He office. has built in equity. He'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what everybody said too. It's kind of funny we were sitting there, we we're all looking at each other after he dropped it. I said to the folks that I was standing by, "Well, that's a good sign. We're all shocked." <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody was when he dropped the sure touchdown. Everybody's like, "What in the world?" We wouldn't have been shocked if Johnny had dropped it. We would have been like, "No, well, yeah, there's." There's a problem. That's all I'm saying. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Livations Friday rolls on. So does the Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks for being part of it. Appreciate you. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And oh, by the way, practice again today. They're off on Saturday. And then we uh, roll on in uh, on Sunday. Uh, very quickly, uh, we'll note and say thank you to Chad. He writes, we're going to make it to at least eight W's. I can feel it in my plums. Woo! I can feel it all the way down in my plums. That's what you do, Chad. Thank you. Uh, beverages for the boys, he writes. And we gave you the woo. For sure. Plus the plums. It was the real Ric Flair and a fake Ric Flair character. That's well done. Cool? Yeah, that's really well done. Yeah. Or a character based on. Oh, yeah. yeah. At least a hairdo. <laughs> through and through. Well, and also the woo. All of it. Yeah. It was glorious. Imagine the moment that he came to that realization. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> and it's perfect. What if we had a BMW dealer who <laughs> was like Ric Flair wannabe? Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as played by you. Let's go. Yeah, it's perfect. It never gets old watching the um, the outtakes from that. Also that his son's name is Gabriel. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. Uh, so, 
frustration, uh, I guess, at the quarterback position from recruiting standpoint, uh, I'm just going to hold out hope that he'll be the backup at Ohio State and say, well, this is for the birds. I'm going to go to Florida State. And or it occurs to me as the backup plan, and we're kicking ass in November. He says, hey, Mike, what do you think? Yeah. Me, you? Huh? We left on good terms, didn't we? So, really quickly, uh, Mike said yesterday, I wrote down, I got, got my notes, gang. I like the old I like the old school pad. The Steno pad. I like the old school pad. I write my stuff out. Ira's got a fancy iPad that he writes out and curses. I'm like, just have a pad. What's the point? I've got an iPad. I don't use it to write my stuff. I'm going today. I'm bringing the book. Well, I've got my pad. Yeah, it's, well, the book has pages. It's more like you. Mm-hmm. Just leather bound. Ooh, you got a fancy pad. It's an Orange Bowl gift. I don't know what year that's from. I got a fancy computer bag that I bring to you. That's, oh. Guys, don't you think did that's you get nice? your law degree? I've had this thing for a long time. Isn't that nice? It's a nice, it's, nice, it's fancy. Ooh, fancy. Director, quick on the trigger. I really like this one. Yeah. Leather, buddy. You know what I like to do? I like to smell it. It's, yeah, it smells great. Yep. Anyhow, it's like uh, having your glove in the outfield oh, or in the infield, about it. right? Yeah, all the Between time pitches, with the glove, all the time. It never got old. I also always chewed on the little strings there. Yep. Like, yeah, had to. Well, the salt. And when it would mix with the smell of the baseball. <laughs> oh oh man. man, they should have that scent in a Yankee candle. If you could put that, because they did freshly mowed grass. Right. Years ago, before they or, came up. Or a up, Met candle. It's richer and it's going to be better in the Before years they came up with freshly mown gra- mowed grass, uh, I used to say all the time, can we get a candle that smells like fresh cut grass? And then they did it. They did it. Enough people clamored for it, I guess. I want, uh, I want, a, I want a leather baseball glove. Worn out. Been used a little bit. Been out there for some time. They call it the mitt. Seen some things. Yeah. Yeah, I want my wife to say that she's, not that she often goes, but certainly more than I would. Hey, I'm running up to the mall to get set. Hey, swing by the Yankee candle store there and get the mitt. Get the mitt. I hear they got a double strength one. It's called twin killing. (laughs) Uh, So yesterday, I'm on my notepad here. Mike said after practice that he thinks that the communication and the size, length, and speed of this defense all better than a year ago. He's right. He's right. They are longer, more athletic, and, man, do they talk it up. Their communication is worlds better. Part of that is Jamie Robinson. Part of that is Tatum Bethune and the veteran presence on this defense just really across the board i saw amari gainer yesterday doing this i saw really just a lot of guys because if you think about all the experience you have in the interior and then up the gut you've got an experienced linebacker who's really in tune with what they're trying to run and is not afraid to communicate it and he's been that way since he got here from ucf and then of course the back end you've got veteran presence again and guys that are confident to exemplify it, I'll, I'll go back to spring very briefly. It was one of the final days of spring practice, and I'm just talking about buy-in. It's not specifically this player because when his name comes up, everybody says, oh, has it, has it happened for him? It was Travis J, who you would think, given the way his career is gone, maybe he mentally checks out. He did not in he spring. He has not. Is he still in fall? Okay, he's locked in. Had a good practice yesterday. It, I think it was McCall or Thomas. It was one of the freshmen in coverage, man-on-man, and Jay was shading over playing safety or slot corner, whatever it is. And the ball's in the air, and he yells because he sees that his teammate's back is to the football. Ball, ball, ball. His teammate turns around, picks it off. He mobs 
I think it was McCall. He mobs McCall, celebrates with him. And I'm just like, wow, if that's a third or fourth team guy at this point, he's getting mm-hmm. buried on the depth chart, and he still cares that much. At the end of spring, so the camp is over. You've done what you've done. That portends of really good things in the fall because the starters are always going to be bought in. But what about the other guys? So it's funny. I had a guy bring up Travis J to me, not yesterday, day before, and he was saying, do you think we're ever going to get anything out of that guy? And I said, it would be a pity not to. And we, we were both kind of nodding our heads because if you go to practice, I'll just tell you guys this, not everybody obviously can go to practice. So one of the benefits of going is when you sit there and see the communication of which I speak and you kind of – the little hidden moments between players. And you can find out which guys are doing a real good job of being a good teammate. Just being a good teammate. Just like there's a lot to being a good football player, and that's part of it. It's it's a small part, but it's a part. So you can watch some of that. And I saw some moments yesterday that made me happy, made me smile. Made it's better than the alternative. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to prattle on too much about it. Jordan Travis had a good moment. I think Ira put it in his notes. Uh, I was standing right there for that, and it was you know it was unsolicited. It was just him going over to do it because he saw something out of the corner of his eye, which is good. It's important. Um, but. Travis J, when you talk about that level of athleticism, the only thing he has to be lacking is confidence because when he did play, he just could never make a play on the ball. Yeah, it was about finishing. He'd he be in ne- position. He was always in position. That's what pissed me off is that he was all. you're a great reward for being able to cover and being in the right position for recognizing what is being done to you is to have a play on the ball. That is your grand reward for doing the hard stuff. Just to put yourself in a position to make a play on the football, be that a pick, knock down a play, a pass breakup, whatever. You, you to lay a lick, whatever it might be, you're in a position because you did all of the things right leading up to that moment. And so I hated it for that guy that that athleticism, the ability to read what's being done, to get in the hip pocket, to have a chance to make a play and never make it is just tragic in a football sense. It really is because it's hard to do the other stuff. The play on the ball is not hard. That's the easiest thing an athlete can do is make a play on a ball. It's not hard. You grew up doing that. It's being in position to make that play that's freaking hard. The strange thing is he has an offensive background, too. I mean, I know it's quarterback in high school, but if you have an offensive background, typically that means that you, you know how to do the easy part. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I just – he never did. When he was in phase, you'd never see him turn and make a play. He never found a way to to, to finish off and be rewarded. And so I, I do appreciate that he hasn't called it a day, that he hasn't decided to leave. Sometimes the grass is greener. Sometimes you need a new start. Sometimes you'd be better off somewhere else. Maybe the uh, the ugly uh, outweighs uh, you know whatever bright future you may see uh, there, and 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 decide it's too much. I'm going to get a fresh start. I'm going to go somewhere else. But he didn't do that. He didn't run. He didn't decide. Screw it. I'm transferring. I can't deal with this. Or there's too many guys that I have to battle through. Or there's too many negative memories for me here. I'm going to go somewhere else. He didn't do that. So. I'm just rooting for him. I mean, I, this isn't me telling you it's going to happen for him. I don't know. I have no reason. If if you're going to judge the future by knowing what happened in the past, well, there's no evidence that Travis Jay is suddenly going to turn it around. 
I don't know that he's going to turn it around. He's having good practices. You mentioned it in the spring. He had a good spring. Everybody who was out at spring practice, like we were, noted he had a good spring. So far, he's had two good practices. I don't know if it means anything Yeah. other than he's still here and working hard. You talked to Fuller and Woodson like I did last week, and he asked him questions akin to, who's battling for the open spot at corner? Who is in the rotation at safety? His name didn't come up. You know, like in the list, and and there'd be five or six names for Renardo Green's job. You know that that's what Renardo Green had had taken hold of in spring. But fall camp is a completely different beast. So the question I asked one of them was, "Who else is in that rotation?" Travis' name didn't come up there. Behind the two safeties that we all know are in ink in Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent. I heard Shaheen Brown's name. I heard Sidney Williams' name. I didn't hear Travis Jay's. So it's a bummer. Well. He'll give himself a chance, though, because if you're going to compete every day in practice, you're going to lock in and you're going to continue to show up and be there and be dependable. Uh, you, you'll get a shot. If somebody goes down, somebody's having a bad day at the office, you know, I, I you give yourself a chance to get out there, and then it's just a matter of do you make a play. Because uh, right now, undoing the past is going to require something uh, probably unforeseen right now. You know, he's not suddenly going to be trusted. So unless he's thrust into action and then makes a play, we may never know. I just I to offer the cap for you know being here, working hard every day, and maybe maybe he'll get his his reward. Zaria Thomas is a player that uh, I think has a chance to do a lot more this season than I would have guessed, given his age, given how young he is. Another great practice yesterday, and even when he gets beat, you're like, nah, he's in the right spot. That's, that's just a guy making a play, but you, he's always there. So you're seeing the smarts improve from spring because there were times where it looked too fast for him and and some you know collegiate moves or collegiate strength of the guy across from him would win out and you'd say oh that's gonna happen because what, what gives me hope for a player yeah. like that or McCall is that Duke Cooper missed ball camp by the time November rolls around he's your best corner best corner so and that's with no spring and he wasn't a blue chipper the way that Azaria and McCall are and sometimes guys you know they emerge late and they're late bloomers but independent of that. You're telling me that you've got your best corner, your lockdown guy now this fall camp only emerged in the final four games because he had two months of experience? And now you're applying that development level, where we don't use around here very often, but you're applying that development level to players who were here for spring camp and summer workouts in the strength and conditioning program? Yeah, it gives you hope, doesn't it? It yeah, does it for really immediate does. results this season. I mean, September at some point I don't that think month. they can keep Thomas off the field. I don't think they can. I, I just... Renardo Green might be able to hold him off for a, a short period of time because of a you know having been here a little long. I, you're not going to be able to keep Azaria Thomas off the field. He's just too talented. That's a that's a win in recruiting, man. That's a huge win in recruiting because that guy looks different, plays different, is different. You don't see too many corners with that length, that speed, those instincts, and that competitive. He's all, it's all there. It's Jeff Cambridge, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I, I'm I'm confused as to how this even happens, but it certainly isn't a good sign. I switch your attention ever so briefly on a libations Friday to the NFL. When I saw the independent study clause in Kyler Murray's contract, I cracked up because of what it says directly about their fears. And now it's been removed. What's the point? Everybody knows about it. 
We all heard about it. The damage has been done. You could have that clause in the contract, especially since those are your seemingly chief concerns along with health. And you could sit down and say, look, man, we're going to need you to spend a little bit more time on the playbook. We're not sure you always knew what you were doing. And, uh, hey, listen, it's a testament to your overall ability that you were able to succeed as much as you did with uh, without a firm grasp of the playbook. Uh, but but that changes now that we're doubling down Give on... like 40 mil a year. Yeah. I mean, we're, hell? It's crazy. It's crazy. There's, there's no evidence to suggest that they should have done that at all. But that said... It made him mad. It made Kyler Murray mad. And uh, the Cardinals released a statement and said, after seeing the distraction it created, remove the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that we never intended. What ways could those be? What other way? What was the intended way? Since this happened in a way that you never intended. What was the intended way for that to be perceived or understood by the player? Not about the press or those that read about it, but the player. That's not you telling him and his agent, hey, man, your sorry ass actually has to bother to show up and study. Which means that they had verbal conversations that were not followed up upon. Correct. We have to put this in writing. Correct. Because we can't trust you because you're a child when it comes to film study. That's what that clause says to me. The only way that they could... With a straight face, the Cardinals organization say this was something we never intended to come out and, and re- reflect upon Kyler like this is if it's a standard clause in everybody's contract. Short of that, you don't have an excuse there. <laughs> the stipulation is, quote, complete at least four hours of independent study. <laughs> There's no other way to perceive that. There's no, oh, Whatever do you mean? <laughs> well, and what about how you execute that agreement? So does that mean he'd have to submit a form, or is he logging into the Cardinals portal and they have to see that his you know tablet was active for four hours? Like, how do you make sure that you prove that? Within the now removed clause, Tom, it stipulated that he needed to study material provided to him by the team in order to prepare for each upcoming game throughout each season of his contract. It went on to state that he would not receive credit for the independent study if he was not personally studying or watching the material while it was being displayed or played, or if the player is involved in activities that could distract away from his attention, such as playing video games, surfing the internet, or watching television shows. Those are very specific causes as it pertains to him getting credit for studying. When you say playing video games or surfing the internet, you've caught him doing that. That's how that happens. That's me to Clark. Son, I've asked you to read the book. How many times do I have to ask you to read this book? Oh, I am reading the book. You're not reading the book, son. You got your television on. You're playing video games. The book is open. That is not the same as you reading the book. That's what they just did with Kyler Murray. They're like, look, dude, we're monitoring you. We can tell you're not paying attention. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Why did they give him the money? What, what? This is crazy. He's been awful in every important game. He's tiny. And he apparently doesn't bother to study the playbook. Yeah, and they gave him an extra $60 million in guarantees if he gets hurt. It's 105 guaranteed 
or 100 and change, and it's 160 and change if he gets hurt. That's crazy. The likelihood of that is high. So think about this. On a day where you're trying to sell to your fans a reason to celebrate, by by giving a guy a $230 million extension on paper, you are telling your fan base and your team that we found our franchise quarterback. We have him. The guy we drafted is the guy we believe in moving forward. And as proof of that, we're going to offer up this amount of money and this amount for the extension. On the very week that that gets done, when this gets announced, that same quarterback is holding an impromptu news conference expressing how dismayed he is about that clause in his contract. There's nothing about this that suggests this is going to end well for either party. Like, if you're a fan of that team, you're going, well, I would like to celebrate that my franchise seems to think they have a franchise quarterback. The problem is the franchise quarterback is livid with the deal that they made him sign, and the organization is telling me that he's a dumbass. Well, he's livid that it came to light. He agreed to it. You know, I mean, his agent wouldn't say, listen, there's a couple extra things in there. Don't worry about it. Just sign. What extra things? Well, you actually have to do your quarterback's work, man. You got to study film. You got to do the work. Like, they need to see it verifiably that you you do it. You remember how you got in trouble those six times? The three times, then they they said something, and the other three where you thought you were getting over? Yeah, you didn't get over. We knew about it. There's a camera in the facility, Kyler. Why'd you bring your Xbox into the facility? That's dumb. Now you have to sign this. The team, quote, wanted some assurances that Kyler is going to continue to work, continue to perform at a level that is necessary and the kind of level that deserves this contract. I just can't think of a time that other quarterbacks who are considered franchise quarterbacks that people are excited to extend and have for the foreseeable future had this sort of an addendum to the contract where they had to go out of their way to tell you to work hard. I don't know if Kyler Murray works hard or not. I can't personally say I'm not there. I'm just telling you what that tells me. I mean, you know, reading Who else has that? I, Who else has that? Maybe clause? maybe other quarterbacks do that I'm not aware of. It would make me raise an eyebrow if that well, were in the contract. If, if I was that a member was something of, that felt that they felt necessary to put in there. If I was a member of Kyler Murray's team, I probably would have already found it. To say, well, yeah, what are we doing what here? What are we making a mess out of this for? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has that in his contract. Drew right. Brees had it in his contract. Right. Why are you picking on Kyler? Let's let's actually, you know what? Let's get into that. Why are you picking on my? That's exactly what you do. You grandstand and yeah. you base it off of fact that yeah, this you, is not yeah. unique to Kyler. <laughs> Have you seen that yet? No. I just, man, that was something. I love, hey, we're getting into it now. We got the start of FSU football, the start of college football, the start of pro football. I love all of it, all the football, more football, not less football. And so when I read that. Late last night, early this morning, I went, are you kidding me? That cannot – I just thought – I just tried to put myself in the position of being his teammate and or a fan of the organization. I would be fairly concerned that one of the clauses in my new franchise quarterbacks – well, he's the same quarterback, but now the franchise quarterback uh, – one of the clauses in his contract is that they, he has to try. Basically, I put myself in the negotiating room or that email chain you know, or that conference call. Yeah. Like, that has to be brought to the table, and that's not comfortable. And sure, Kyler's not in the room for it, 
but the agent has to agree and say, yeah. The agent well. actually it does a poor job there, too, because you have to have some grip on the PR hit that that's going to be right. for your client. So even if you say, okay, we'll, we'll agree to this, he'll he'll agree to this, I know why you're putting it in there, he's learned his lesson, don't yep. worry about it, he's a tremendous talent, he loves the organization, he loves the city, he's going to do everything he can to be the best quarterback that he can be, I get you want protection, you want to put that in there, we'll sign the deal. Do me a favor, can we ghost that? It can be in the official written deal. Right, can or we, we'll sign a separate one yeah. so when it's requested that you right. release the contract Because I don't details. need this to yeah. code, because you guys know as well as I do, it's a bad look for all parties involved. There it is, that's very true. So why would why I? Why do the Cardinals look good for this? Because now no. you're saying, why are we paying them? Right. That's what I'm saying. There's no way. If you're an agent at that point, you've got to step in there and say, okay, look, I, I get your concerns. Duly noted. We'll sign the deal. You want protections. I got it. But, man, let's be smart about this. All of us, right? Everybody. Nobody's going to look good if this leaks. If this gets to the press. We all look bad here. And nobody wants to start this lovely marriage. This extended, the second honeymoon. Right. Nobody wants this to start off on a sour note. And then, voila! It's the, well, it's the moment that everybody wants to have as an agent or a lawyer. So this is what you want to do? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Let me tell you what you don't want. <laughs> then you just boom, 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 Yeah, they get yeah. to do the whole thing. Yeah, that's it, something to behold, man. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.